Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome into SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry. He is Neil McCready. It's great to be with you, as always. We are... Neil getting closer and closer to the draft. So we're, we're under two weeks now and uh, we're ready to go. We, when we last visit with the, with you, it was last Tuesday. It's great to have you back on Friday. We were talking about a number of things, draft related, some big recruiting information that we were anticipating from Kentucky and got an update on that spring games galore. Uh, lots of news coming up with regards to uh, what we're trying to do with the with draft shows. So good to be with you, my friend. How are things going? Is it spring like in Oxford? Uh, yeah, it's kind of spring like in Oxford. It's getting you know pretty cool at night, nice during the day, and it was a beautiful day yesterday, like seventy one degrees and sunny. And I went for my my Monday run. I do an interval run on Monday, and I did normally do it on the treadmill because. Just easier to do interval runs on a treadmill because you can make yourself go faster. But yesterday the weather was so nice that I did it outside and it was it was great. So yeah, good to be with you. Um, you know I'm so busy with the draft. I forgot to even check. Yesterday was I believe Patriots Day. Is, is there? Did they have a Boston Marathon yesterday, or is that still out? What's the? I don't, I, I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't think they had a marathon yesterday. If okay, they did, they did. I didn't hear anything about it. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I I remember that used to – that's the thing. I know the Red Sox played their morning game, which they normally do, 10 a.m. I think it's 10 a.m. Central. I think it's 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's kind of the traditional Patriots day. Um, I can't remember when the Boston Marathon – I had a, like you, an avid marathon runner. One of my teachers slash coaches in high school was a long-distance runner. In fact, I don't know if you remember – the tight end uh, with the Vikings, Joe Sensor. I don't know if anybody remembers that name. He's a really good tight end. He played at Westchester State in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, Darwin Bro, B-R-E-A-U-X, good good Cajun boy name from South Louisiana, was was a quarterback at uh, at Westchester State. Lost track with him, but uh, uh, with Coach Bro. But he was a good marathon runner. So I thought about you yesterday when it was Patriots Day, and I thought, well, they must be running the marathon and, and I just immediately thought of you and I, I just forgot, not that I was really that interested because if, if there was a Boston marathon yesterday, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it would have been a Kenyan that would have won it. I just, you know, I would have guessed. It's usually a safe <laughs> bet. You know, I, I'll tell you. The story, so. Bill Rogers is no longer running. Correct. He's, he's done. A few years ago, um, I ran the big Sur marathon in April out in California and it was on a Sunday and it was six days after the Boston marathon. And there were all of these guys and women oh my God, who had run the Boston marathon on Monday had flown to California to run the big Sur marathon on that Sunday. And I just remember when I finished the big Sur marathon, which was brutal because of the Hills and the, you basically it's, you run 26 miles on 26 point, it's probably like 26.1 something miles on highway one in California. You turn off into it. You finish in a shopping center, but it's right there on highway one. You start in big Sur and you run to Carmel and, um, the banking on the interstate, you know, with the mountains and stuff is such that it's, it's, it's hell on your ankles and your knees. And, um, I remember just thinking about some of those people, like 
during the run, I'm like, man, some of these cats just ran Boston six days yeah, ago. Yeah, let, let me interrupt you there. So I, and I, folks, we got a lot to get today. We're not, we're, it's not a marathon show if you're tuning in late, but I, I got to ask this. So, how weird is that? Normally, you don't, how, how much of a gap between marathons, which is, which is normally healthy? What, what's the normal protocol there? Cause I know it's not six days. Yeah. The, the shortest gap I ever had was seven weeks. And that but I mean, was, the guys that do that, you know, not yeah, professionally, but I mean, it's like a, a month or a yeah, few weeks. You want to give it, you want to give it some time because your body, Ooh. your body has to recover. I mean, I cannot imagine how those people felt after they finished the big sur marathon. They had Good to, Lord. they had to be hurting. I mean, I just, I can't imagine. We, we went to, um, we'll get off marathons after this. We went to Alcatraz the day after the big sur marathon before we flew back home. My wife and I, and, um, you know, if you've ever been to Alcatraz, yep. it's, it's really cool, but you walk a lot. You have to walk up those ramps to get up. Uh -huh. to the and I didn't even realize, I just wasn't thinking about it when I made the plan. I didn't realize just how much stress my body was still under from recovering from the day before. Oh, yeah. And I got, we got back to the hotel and man, my feet and my ankles were swollen. It was like, man, I, this is crazy. And then I kept thinking, I've got another marathon in seven weeks. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And somehow I did, I guess. I don't know. It was anyway, it was, um, that Boston marathons is, is really cool. You have to qualify for it. And you know, for the most part, the people that run that are, are pretty serious runners. They, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Speaking of marathons, been in marathon draft meetings right now. It's, it's interesting as it's, it's a little bit different. Um, more than any other year in over 30 years, Neil. Um, I got to remind folks, COVID was going on last year, but COVID hit in terms of stoppage after the combine last year. So we we got the combine and we got the medicals. There's a lot of open-ended, we're not quite 100% comfortable with some of the medicals and some of the information. There's going to be some it's going to be an interesting uh, decisions that are made with regard to how risky do you want to be with a guy that you are not sure of. Look, it's one thing to have the medicals and to to say, you know what, we're good with that. We, he may not be, he may be a longevity issues, but we're good with at least one contract. We're good with this shape. But it is the, you know, it's the unknown that concerns you. The, it's the unknown that is concerning folks right now. So it's um, that is something that's kind of you know resonating. The other thing is just the the Zoom meetings can only get you so much. You kind of you kind of like to get face to face and kind of challenge those guys that they've got some issues. You know, Michael Parsons, who's a great linebacker, that's got some you know off field question marks. Uh, you want to get face to face to it. So that's kind of what's going on as we're down in the stretch run, just a little bit more than a week to uh, away. Um, before real quick, um, I've mentioned uh, what a lot of them in, in, uh, that are listening on your channel may not have heard, but we've made, um, uh, I am now doing some special draft shows, uh, starting yesterday, 4 PM central every day, uh, on most of these same channels, the Chris Landry, Twitch channel, the Facebook channel, YouTube channel, uh, you can catch it draft preview this week and next week. And I was doing one of my shows last week. And one of our people in the chat room said, why don't, why don't you do a draft show? And I said, um, <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, I'm texting all day and night, you know, with people in draft rooms and it's not, and then I went to bed that night and I said, Neil, you know what? What a hell of an idea. I said, you know, because it used to be a lot of time on the phone. Now it's more texts and DMs. I said, you know what? Let's do it. I didn't have much time to think about it. I said, I'm going to do it. So we're going to do, I'm going to do a draft show, believe it or not, solo. Uh, and it's going to be a half an hour before the first pick on Thursday, half an hour before the first pick on Friday, half an hour before the first pick on Saturday. And we're going to go pick uh, through the whole draft. And we're going to take everybody behind the scenes. So it may be, you know, letting you know about the picks before they happen. Oh, look out. This, uh, you know, they're trying to move up here, there. Uh, reacting to things. It's going to be unvarnished, nothing really polished. 
Uh, it's going to be, I'm going to have to step away. I'm going to say, hold on, folks. I've got to take this call or hold on, folks. I need to go to the little boy's room. But if you want an unvarnished look at behind the scenes of kind of what my world is like on draft day, because no one goes to the draft, even even before the COVID situation, everybody's in their draft room or war room, as they call it. And we're going to take you on the inside of that. So you can check that out. Um, so want to get that out there to all our great listeners that uh, we're going to be drafting it up for you and providing a lot of behind the scenes insight. All right. Let me ask you a few things that are draft oriented. Cause I'm curious. I know there's some other stuff we want to get to. I still think the draft starts at number three. I think the first two picks are set. Everyone seems to be, there's a consensus there. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong. It looks like it's going to be Lawrence and then Wilson one, two, then the draft starts at three. If you had to bet here today on, Tuesday morning, April the 20th, what do you anticipate the 49ers do at number three? I, I would um, – well, everybody's assuming that it's Mac Jones. I'm not assuming that. I think that Mac Jones is the most logical um, selection from this standpoint, and, and this is kind of the way I look at it. If Kyle Shanahan wants to run – the offense that he's normally run where there's a premium on quick decision-making ball out quick, accurate, make plays from a clean pocket. Um, Mac Jones fits that mold more than any. Now there will be questions and they will be hammer shots to you didn't move up three to get You didn't need to move up three to get Mac Jones, yada, 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 yada. It, it will all depend Neil on how successful Mac Jones is. If that's who they take. I mean, if he's really successful, who's going to care if he went 3, 13, or 23 if he's a great quarterback? If he's not, then it just uh, – you double down on badness. Man, it didn't work out, and you gave up all of this. I think from that standpoint, that's probably where they go. I, I Now, let me say this. I do think that if you take a Justin Fields – who has a more play. The difference is obviously, I think people know that Justin Fields has not only upside, but more playmaking ability from the quarterback position, um, off platform throws and whatnot. If, if that's what they want to embrace and Kyle can do that. That's why I don't rule that out. Trey Lance to me, as I look at it and even, and I've got him stacked <clears throat> this way. I think Trey Lance has a lot of ability, but man, that may be the biggest reach taking him really high. He's, I went back and looked at it. He's only started 25 games at quarterback in his life. High school, college, wow. everything. It's not a lot there. And so you really are, I'm, I'm swallowing hard there. I think there is a potential pot of gold at the end of the rainbow how long you have, right spot, he could be the guy that drops a little bit. And so I'm going to say it's, you know, between Jones and Fields, and I'd probably go, you know, maybe 60% it's Mac Jones, um, 40% um, Justin Fields for the third spot with the, with San Francisco. That's my guess there. All right. The, what makes the draft fun, <clears throat> excuse me, is the, you know, the, oh, breaking, hey, we got a trade, pick got traded. I've heard a rumor, and I, you know, look, I know a lot of people in Chicago. Um, big Cubs fan. I'm such a Cubs fan over the course of the years that I've actually made some media contacts there by almost, I don't know, symbiotic reasons, I guess. Hearing a rumor out of Chicago that's got a little, it's got a little pop to it, that if the Niners go with Fields and not Jones that the Bears will get aggressive in an attempt to trade up to get Jones because they think if Jones doesn't go three, he could start falling into the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range. You put any stock in that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I think you need to watch particularly eight, Carolina, okay. as a move-up spot. Look, here's the thing. You know, everybody will say, well, Mac Jones is not going to – if you start taking guys off the board, you, you better get up there and get them if that's who you want. So if you're the Bears and you're going to make that move, um, obviously you don't make the move until on the clock. But if you can't do a deal with Carolina, uh, it gets – I mean, you still got to work it. 
but you know, you're, you're battling somebody else, somebody else that may not have to go up as far. So maybe a Philly, maybe a Minnesota, um, there, there, there's, you're competing with folks, um, maybe, you know, Denver, probably not, but you know, that's certainly somebody that has to look at quarterback. So I think for a couple of reasons, you don't know what Denver is going to do. You want to get high enough to go and get your guy. I don't know. That's what the bears wants. If that's what the bears want to do. I don't know. I don't know that that's as good a fit. I think he would. Um, he's certainly the opposite of Mitchell Trubisky, who's a little bit more athletic, but no, no real playing time. Look, Mac Jones hadn't had a ton of games, but you know, nobody plays a ton of ball. Now they come out so early. No, I, I, I think it's definitely the bears and others are in the mix to move up because there's going to be one, if not two quarterbacks that quote unquote slip in the eyes of people. They're not really slipping, but everybody's got, you know, quarterbacks going quarterback, 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 and maybe quarterback. Well, no, somebody's slipping, maybe two. All right, we got some questions in the thread. I'll just touch on them real quick. And I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know who these people are to show you. Rich wants to know where do you see Trevor Grimes as well as Josh Palmer at the next level? All those, those guys, uh, I think, are going to play. Um, it's more of a late-round type of guys, though, uh, Spartan. He's a, a good big Florida fan. Uh, those, uh, I think those guys are, are mid-late-round guys. I, I don't think they're make-it guys. Spartan wants to know, does Trask, Kyle Trask's lack of career starts negatively affect him? Um, he started in, in the modern-day game enough, Spartan. No, again, nobody's going to have 30 starts anymore. The whole, you know, Parcells used to like a guy that has 30 starts where good luck. You're not going to find guys that, that start that long because they come out too early. Uh, would I like to see him play start more? Of course I can say that about everybody, but I think the biggest thing with Kyle is, is the same thing you would have to say negatively about Mac Jones is that he doesn't move very well. He's purely a pocket guy. So what you're getting is a pure pocket guy. Nothing wrong with that. You can win with that. We've seen, you know, a great quarterback, maybe the best of all time, probably the best of all time, Tom Brady, is that. So why not? You just have to build towards that. You can't say we're going to take that pocket guy and then we're not going to invest in protecting him because then, then you've got, got a guy that's going to struggle. I think Kyle is a guy that can be maybe a cut above a Mason Rudolph, which would put him as a potential starter type of guy. I think um, second round value is where Kyle is. I wouldn't rule out again, six, four graded quarterbacks. I expect to go in the first round. I think I would encourage you to take them six O quarterbacks, which I have um, Kyle at. I think it's a reach taking them in the first round. And the only reason why you do it is out of uh, you, you either got them rated a little bit higher than I do, obviously, or you're really reaching and you're saying, I want to get that fifth year, that extra year to try to develop them. But the, it's not a problem with Kyle. You know, a lot of times you like players, but you don't like the picks, Neil, because when you take a player, it's who else you leave on the board. And so I think if, and there has been some talk about Kyle going late first round. I just think you're leaving better players on the board um, if if you do that late first. Um, so we'll see how that goes up. But I expect them to be off by mid-second round. Later. I'll tell you what, the other guy, Chris, that you've talked a lot about, you've talked a lot about Panay Sewell. You have been very consistent there. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I hear more and more from NFL people that um, – Outside of Lawrence, and maybe even including Lawrence, they think Sewell's the best player in this draft. Kind of sounds like Cincinnati at five has a real shot to get him, and if they do, that's who they're going to take. I don't think it, – it, I'm I'm sensing from Cincinnati that's not what they're going to do. Even really? There. Yeah, because they tend to be a little gun-shy. Remember, they drafted two tackles pretty high. Ogabuig pretty – I mean, Jonah's been, been injured. They may be a little gun shy at doing that. Um, and that's the wrong way to approach it in my view. Cause I think um I think it's 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 a strong lean in Cincinnati's room for Jamar Chase. So I think they take Chase probably over Pitts, over Sewell. That's my guess at this point. Um 
it, it, it's not necessarily what I would do. And it's look, you can't go wrong there. I think you're getting one of the three best, three of the top players uh, in this draft. It, it makes all the sense in the world to take Sewell, but I, it, you know, there's there's some talk inside. Well, we want to go, we want to get a vertical passing game. Like you, if you don't protect for the passer, you you are not going to have a vertical passing game. You need a receiver weapon. So I, if I had to guess Cincinnati, I'm guessing um, Jamar Chase, but Sewell makes a whole lot of sense there. There's no doubt. So there's the question. Does Atlanta stay at four and take Sewell? If they don't, or they trade with somebody that comes up for a quarterback, Cincinnati goes in a different direction. Does Miami take Sewell? You know, that's a, that's a need. That's a value. They may go pits. They may go chase. Does Detroit do it? I guess my point is you could have that player that you speak of that I agree is one of the top two players in this draft could end up slipping all the way down outside of the top six or seven picks. What a bargain would that be? And it is certainly very possible. And it really just depends on probably just one thing happening after the quarterbacks come off the board. All right. Well, you, you answered this a minute ago. You, you talked about it. Blake's asking a question about the North Dakota State quarterback, Lance. Where do you see him going right now? Where, where is, is he in, 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 your Mac, in your mock? And again, people can go to chrislandryfootball.com uh, and, and you can follow Chris on all of his podcasts and shows this week. But as of this moment right now, where do you sort of see him landing? Well, I, uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I, he's definitely going in the first round. That could be a spot, for example, as a quarterback drops. So it's not an ideal fit for, let's say, and you mentioned, and this is where the rumor with Mac Jones with the Bears comes out. This would not be a good fit for the Bears in their current spot because you you don't want to take another developmental quarterback there because you're probably not going to be around to coach him or run the organization by the time he's really good. And so Mac Jones is a little bit more ready-made if you can build around him. But you, I could see a New England maybe being interested enough, uh, maybe having to move up. That would be another contender there as a moving up from quarterback 15. I would say Minnesota. I would say New England in that 14-15 spot would make some sense in terms of if he were to drop there, they'd either take him or maybe even move up a couple of spots to do so. So that's kind of where I think the floor probably is for him. Because I think if he drip, uh, slips much lower, then I think somebody comes up and take him. Look, he's a he's a really good talent. He's just doesn't have enough football in his background yet, but he's got all the the tangibles and intangibles. It's just going to take time, and he probably needs to be in a situation where he can be a backup. So, an organization that has a little bit more stability is a better fit, meaning they're not going to change a coach in a year or two. See, that's the biggest problem. That's the that's the ugly story of you know, why teams are bad and never get good is think about this for a second. As you're trying to figure out where these teams are going to go with their picks, stop for a second. And if, whether it's quarterback or another position, if you change coaches, coordinators, styles, schemes in two years, you're starting over hitting the reset button. Well, well, they're not as high on the guy that you just finished drafting next week, you know, and so you're moving on. You're constantly tearing down and rebuilding. And so I think that's that's a big part of where a guy goes, how he's developed is so important to whether the pick works out or not and whether a guy's good enough. There are a lot of guys that are good enough. Um, you know, it's really how you develop and how you make it. It is a lot about going out, getting the groceries, and then cooking them. Right, you got a lot of questions in here, Chris. I know that you got a, a bunch of stuff you want to get to, but people have questions for Chris Landry. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Jeffrey Parrott wants to know, who do you think is this year's Alvin Kamara or Dak Prescott? Well, I don't know that there is um, an Alvin Kamara in this draft. Uh, he's a, he's very unique. Um, so I don't really see so much the um, – let me see who I could maybe juggle my mind on who could be. Um, I mean, the closest thing to Camaro would be Travis Etienne. That that would be the stylistic fit. Um, and uh, Dak Prescott, 
Uh, I would say Justin Fields has got a lot of uh, Dak Prescott in him stylistically. I think Justin was a little bit um, um, – I, I think Dak moved well. I, I think Justin is a little bit more unpolished. Dak played a lot more football. Um, but I think Justin has a little bit more upside than than Dak. So that's and we just saw what Dak got paid. So that would that would be not ideal comps, but that would be the best comps to fit in this draft. All right, Sammy wants to know, Chris. Uh, he says you've just been named GM for life by an NFL expansion team starting play this year, and you have to bet your life on when you make the playoffs. When is that? How long would it take you with an expansion team to make the playoffs? Well, I have to make some assumptions. Uh, it's been a while since we've had an expansion. I would, you know, you'd have an expansion draft. The expansion drafts were different the last time as opposed to the previous time. Um, four years. I can do it in four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you remember you got an extra playoff team in each conference now. And he wants to know who's your first head coach. Ooh, got to do it right now. Um, <laughs> well, you're going NFL vet at this point, right? You want somebody who, yeah, knows yeah. Um, well, that's that's who's available, who's under contract. That's a great question. It let me, Sammy. Let me think a little bit about because again, who's who can I get? Who's available? give me a little bit of thinking time. Cause you know, obviously I can sit there and throw out two or three. Well, they're on a contract, right? Uh, okay. I'll give you, I'll give you, um, if contracts were no option, who would okay. be three guys? Well, no options. Then, then look, I'd, uh, I'd go and, and I'd swing for the fences and, you know, I don't know. Um, I'd probably, uh, look at, um, I'd want to go a little bit younger personally, but I would say um, maybe getting a veteran in there. If I can go and get Andy Reed, you know, I would certainly consider that um, young guy. I would cut like Kyle Shanahan. Um, I like what Brian Flores has done. I think Matt Rule is a good young coach. I'm trying to think who else. Um, Mm, th those are some those are some solid names that I like. I like Frank Wright a lot. I think he's really good. Um, those are some those are some strong candidates that I would take. Look, I I like Sean Payton. I think that that would be somebody that I would look at. Um, Sean McDermott. Th those are some real candidates. I'd probably go with a. I was thinking of a couple guys that were a little bit more season improving, maybe short term, but I would maybe go with the younger guy. I'll give you one. I'd, I'd take that GM and I'd say, we're going to go build this together and I'm going to, you know, work with, I'd take somebody like Matt Campbell out of Iowa state and he'd be my Matt rule. And I would go with that, but it maybe wouldn't be my first choice, but it would be something I would consider strongly as a, uh, I, 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 I would have to have, I'm going to make some assumptions. I'm, I'm like, I got an owner that, like you said, well, you said I'm GM for life. Hell, I don't even matter. I, I can, I can do it for life, but thank you, know, you Sammy, funny, by the way. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned Matt Campbell. I, I, I got asked the other day, they're like, you know, if you were a national reporter and I'm obviously not, I'm a, I'm a nobody going further towards nobody. No, that's no, you're better than, than I can tell you that you're better than, than the, the majority of the national reporters. You just choose to do what you do. But I was asked if you could go do a big profile on someone who interests you, who would it be? And it's funny, Chris, his name came to mind. I'm like, this guy's at Iowa state. And when I was a kid, Iowa state sucked. <laughs> and really for the most for the most of my life, Iowa State's been like the dregs of the Big Twelve or whatever. And here's this guy, like some of these, you know, way too early top twenty fives come out, and ESPN power rankings come out and whatnot. And look, I I don't make fun of those things because people got to get clicks, and you got a job, and you got editors on your ass to put stuff out in April, ranking the top twenty five teams and whatnot. Fine, so whatever. 
Uh, but they get Iowa State at number four. And I'm like, wow, Iowa State at number <laughs> four. And, and, and so it's easy to get into the whole thing of going, well, that's too high. That's way too high. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. But the fact that they're there in that conversation, even if they should be number nine instead of number four, he's the guy I'd go. I'd, if you told me I could go spend four or five days in Ames, getting to know him and to write a big story about who is this guy who's turned down all these other opportunities to stay in Ames, Iowa. I, th- I think that's the story I'd go do. And maybe I'd hate him. Maybe it'd be boring. Maybe I, I wouldn't like him. I have a feeling I would be. You, you, you'd like him a lot. Really cause, you, you, Cause he's a really good dude. Um, and he'd, he'd open up enough to give you what you'd want. Now, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, hey, Neil, no, let me tell you what my dream job is, and here's the job. I mean, he's not going to oh, give you that. You wouldn't I want that. You want that. I Correct. Don't know what makes, how, how did you do this? What makes you tick? How, how did you get to a place where you turned Iowa State into a contender, where you turned Iowa State into a game on the schedule where now, you know, you think about it, Chris, 20 years ago, if you're, if you're a big, if you're Oklahoma, Oh, my! look, my friend, one of my best friends is Jim Walden, former Iowa State coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was. So you're Oklahoma, and you look at Iowa State on the on the schedule, and you go, as long as we show up, W. Yeah, that's what Barry Switzer used to say. Well, how, you know, how'd you get better? How, how'd you get better during – how'd you mature during the season? Well, you, you got Iowa State, you got Kansas State. He used to throw that out. That's, so, that's right. But now, when you're Oklahoma and that trip, you, you go at Iowa State. You go, woo! Mm-hmm. Tell you fellas, we got to not only do we have to show up, we got to show up with our A game and play well. And so, to me, that's what makes Campbell fascinating: is that this is a guy who's taken that program to a place where they're for real. I mean, nobody nobody's jumping up and down to run to Ames to play right now. It's not a it's not an automatic W. And he's he's the guy that to me would be super fascinating more so than some of the guys who've had tons of stuff written about them like more mm-hmm. than more than a Saban or a even an order sure. or, or whatever you know a Lincoln Riley where those stories have been told it's kind of hard to get the, anything new out of those guys you would see a great combination of toughness family you know the staff the loyalty he's a lot like Matt Rule in terms of that he would be really you know really um yeah, that would be really fun. And look, if if Ryan Day ends up wanting to give his shot out at the NFL one day, um, that's that's Matt Campbell. That's Matt Campbell's job. You know, at at Ohio State, that's his dream job. Ohio boy, or you know, again, he may go NFL route. Um, now Matt had a little uh, NFL background before. So, but yeah, no, he's, he would be, he'd be a lot of fun. Really good coach. Really good guy too. All right. I've got a question here from uh, rich Coates. He wants to know, Hey, McCready, could you see Matt Corral be in the Heisman run this year? I've been asked this a lot and Chris, I'm going to toss it to you in a second. Here's my short answer. Probably not. Do I think Matt puts up huge numbers? Probably so. They got to replace Elijah Moore, and I've been to some practices, and so far I don't see the Elijah Moore replacement hopping out on the on the on the page. But most of their offensive skill guys are out for spring. Had some minor stuff, and Kiffin's realistic. He knows spring is not about getting figuring out what Jerry and Ely can do. He knows what Jerry and Ely can do. He knows what you know, Jonathan Mingo and some of those guys can do. He's he's looking for some other things. He's trying to do some other stuff. Uh, I think Corral has a big time arm. I think Corral can uh can 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 do damage as a quarterback. I think we saw that a year ago. My my concern would be from winning the Heisman is you've got to win a lot of games. Realistically for Matt Corral to be on the stage in New York, meaning top four for the Heisman. Ole Miss probably has to go 10 and 2. And I don't know that Ole Miss can go 10 and 2. I think Ole Miss can go 8 and 4. I think Ole Miss maybe could go 9 and 3. The schedule's pretty favorable. I think they're going to be better on defense. But 10 and 2 is a it's a tall mountain to climb, and that's probably what it would take for him to have a realistic Heisman candidacy. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, and I haven't 
given a ton of thought. Uh, in fact, I was working on something next year with, uh, with, uh, as I'm kind of getting, putting this draft to bed, um, already getting towards looking towards the draft of 2022 and the initial draft watch for 2022. And then obviously months of May and June and, and July, I'll be previewing all these teams and we'll get at some of the Heisman, as you mentioned, it, it, it's a, it's not just, it's not the best player. It's the best combination of certain things. And I, you know, I'd have to think a little bit about, all right, what could really happen to make this guy a candidate, that guy can. And I think you're probably right on, on Corral for the reasons that you mentioned. I just don't know. We just, you know, it would have to be something, Chris, not to interrupt you for him to really get on the, on the map, right. They'd have to win early and they'd have to do something big early. Like, knock off Alabama. Sure. Uh, you know, something like that. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not predicting that at all. I don't think Ole Miss can beat Alabama. But if they went to Tuscaloosa and won for some reason, all of a sudden people start buzzing about Ole Miss and they buzz about Lane Kiffin and they buzz about Matt Corral because he's the most recognizable player on the team and he would be putting up in that scenario gaudy numbers. So it, it, I mean, look, it, it, crazier things have happened. But if you're if the if, if the betting line is is he or is he not a a on the stage in New York for the Heisman or if we're still doing Zoom calls is he one of the four guys on the Zoom call the the the, the safe bet is no and you got to not only do that but then you have to your games become bigger so on the stage you have to do well like for remember a lot of people were talking about Kyle Trask what about Kyle Trask last year well guy was was in it. I don't know that he was ever like the favorite, but he was in it. Then you have they there's an entire team flopped against LSU. Uh whoop, gone, over. You know, I mean, it was just it it uh, that's the way it happens. I mean, you can remember uh well, remember the first four or five games Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma? Boom, clear favorite. Doom yeah. boom. It. It's like, all right, well, hold on. And you know, I did that, you know, I just Air comes out of the balloon completely if you just have one big stage game where you don't play well. And the reality is some of these guys are good enough to maybe, if you're on a team that's good, to pull a big upset. But then, then can you follow it up by winning the rest of your games? Like you said, can you go 10-2, and 11-1, and you be a big part of it? Yeah, it's tough. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, absolutely, here's how I see um, the Heisman coming out because I haven't put a whole lot of, haven't put a whole lot of thought in it, quite frankly. Uh, let's see. Where was the question? Um, oh, Blake wants to know, how do you think Urban Meyer does with this first draft there in Jacksonville? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he'll do well, but there's no way to know. Urban's never done it. Trent Bulky's been around. Uh, he'll have a lot to say. Urban will make the final call. Look, they will start with their quarterback, and then they are really honed in on top of the second. What do they do? Um, and and they're just like everybody else. People say, well, there's no mystery in Jacksonville's department. There's no – they don't have to worry about – oh, yeah, they do. That that pick top of the second, they're looking at it. They maybe can get two first-round grades, you know, plays, players. So there's a lot of opportunity there to do a really good job. I like um, – you know, I think they've got a got a lot of rebuild to do, no question. But after the quarterback, got to get help on that offensive line. I think a left tackle is needed. I think a slot corner is needed. I think a young tight end is needed. But they've got some good players, and they've got some depth at some of those spots. So if he doesn't have a good year, well, in the draft, and then, then that's that's not off the good start that you need. Tell you real quick that we're brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh. And they always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. And at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience, they'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties. Alpha Specialties located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. 
They've got, um, if you want to haul it, they can call it there at Alpha. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailer being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated Load load Trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market today. It's perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. They've got spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. Listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. Give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts, which includes Landry Football, SEC Football, and beyond, I should say. All right, Chris, um, I know you talked on Friday when I was out. Appreciate you filling in for me. I had a little issue my my mom needed some uh needed some help and so i was um i needed to watch for her you talked about kentucky expecting a big weekend they they kind of got one on the recruiting trail they did we talked about uh the two kids from summit tennessee spring hill high school the wade twins um destin wade who's the athlete the quarterback over there six three 205 pounds really smart kid Really good kid, good family. And his brother, Keaton Wade, the 6'4", 225-pound outside backer that can really run. Two four-star guys um, committed to Mark Stoops in Kentucky. Uh, Keaton Wade's a top 20 outside backer. Both of them are top 15 players in the state of Tennessee for next year. So really, really good get for them. On Saturday, uh, Keonta Goodwin, uh, Goodwin. Uh, I talked about him. He's the kid from Indiana, the big and emphasis on big tackle. He looks, he looks a little bit like, uh, the center that Gonzaga got committed <laughs> yesterday. Um, he's six eight, he's 305 pounds. Um, and he's the top 300 overall player. He's committed as well. Look, there's always a possibility with Goodwin because Alabama Clemson, the big, all the big boys wanted him. Can Kentucky hold on to them? I'm not questioning whether they can or not. I'm just saying that we all understand recruiting has changed now. It's not, it's not uh, December 1st, you know, um, we're we're right on uh, the edge of signing day. There's a lot of time between now and December and things opening up and visits over the summer and the fall. We don't know what can happen, but I I do think the two kids, um, (coughs) two kids, excuse me, from, um, from summit, Tennessee was was in it. Louisville, Virginia, that was their final four. I I think that those two kids are definitely going to stay, and I think if all three do, what Greg gets for Mark Stoops um, and the team that right now, and, and we'll get into this more once I put the draft to bed, but it certainly looks to me as a bounce-back type of year, even with their questions with Tennessee rebuilding, South Carolina, you got to look at Kentucky and, you know, Vanderbilt's rebuilding. I mean, I'd look at at Kentucky and Missouri, um, you know, kind of three and four right now, early on way. Well, I hate the way too early talk, but it's, you know, Kentucky looks pretty good. Build on it a good season. This this great news for them. Big, big weekend for Kentucky football. All right. Back to the uh, back to the draft for a minute. Georgia Rebels says, Chris, I'm a Bears fan. Talk me off the ledge. Well, I, t- I, 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 got, <laughs> I got one on the other side of this show with me, too. So I've got a lot of practice in doing that, George Brown. Um, so, and do it kindly. Talk, yeah, talk um, off the ledge and use a soft voice. Yeah. Um, make, us, make us feel better, Chris. Look, when I look at it, you know, I don't think things are as hopeless. Um, I know it feels hopeless. It does. Um, you know, you're trying to get a quarterback. You need a quarterback. You're desperate for a quarterback. Can't get the quarterback. I know they're still trying. Neil just talked about now maybe the possibility and all the trade talk because as always does that stuff kind of that just it quiets down as you go towards the draft. And now it's about what can happen trade wise at the draft. And we know the quarterback situation 
has been a long time. I will just submit to you. Mm-hmm. The Bears hadn't had a quarterback. My God. I mean, you know, when yep. has it been? Okay, McMahon. McMahon, did you hear McMahon come out recently? You're trying to talk us off the ledge, Chris. No, I know. No, no, no. I'm going to get you off the ledge in a second. But, I, but I, I'm going to push you to the edge, and I'm pulling you back. Okay. All right. Jim McMahon says, because this is maybe where Georgia Rep's coming from. He probably heard Jim McMahon's comment. Jim McMahon, did you hear Jim McMahon's comment, Neil? I know you've been there. I didn't. I didn't he, said, he said the best organization he played for was the Green Bay Packers because because quarterbacks, Chicago's where quarterbacks go to die. Well, you know, it is Jim McMahon. But, yeah. I mean, do you, do you, Jay Cutler, we know he had his moments. You got to throw him in there. He took the Bears I mean, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you, you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm not Grossman. That was Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl, and certainly no one's calling for Rexy. I mean, all right, you know, so you want to go all the way back to Sid Luckman. Same thing was talked about with the Kansas City Chiefs. My God, we haven't had a quarterback since Len Dawson. Oh, we had Joe Montana for a stretch at the end of his career, and that's the best we've ever had. My God, Steve DeBerg, Todd Blackledge, they have a quarterback now. So. I just don't know that the answer is going to come this year, but you can fix that. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have, they've got some holes at receiver. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, offensive tackle. I think there's a number of spots, but it's not all doom and gloom. Okay. I'm, um, a, I'm a realist. I'm going to ask you a question here. Yeah. Question here. I'm going to target you a little bit, get you targeted for me. The Bears aren't winning the Super Bowl next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm 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 down with that. I'm they're not, they're not winning the NFC North. So with that being said, sometimes don't you have to look in the mirror? This is I always use weight loss analogies because I lost a lot of weight at one point, and it's a it's a big part of my life story, if you will. Sometimes when you're 70 pounds overweight, you have to approach it 10 pounds at a time. If you say, Hey, I'm gonna go lose 80 pounds, that's a lot, man. That's a that, that's a big, that's a big thing to stare at. Correct. But if you go, hey, I'm going to go lose 10 pounds. I'm going to go lose 10 pounds. That's, that's doable. And then you lose 10 pounds, and you go, hey, good for me. Now I'm going to go lose 10 more pounds. Don't the Bears have to sort of approach this incrementally? Here's my fear a little bit with the Bears, okay? And I'm trying to, not to get Georgia Rebel to jump, but, you know, whatever. If we jump, we jump. My fear with the Bears is that there's this panic to save jobs and that they're going to do something crazy on draft night, like trade up to number four, give up two picks now and two future number ones to move up to take, whether it's Mac Jones or whether it's Justin Fields or whether it's Trey Lance or I don't know, whoever it is, and that they're going to just sort of repeat history. And if it's me and I'm them, look, Andy Dalton's not winning a Super Bowl, but the team's not winning a Super Bowl. I'm more inclined to take my medicine, let Andy Dalton have a year, let it be what it is, maybe have pace and, and, and everyone face the music at the end of the season and not gut the franchise and put it in position where when I hire the next guy, they've got a chance to rebuild this thing quickly. Well, you, you basically answered it in, in, your philosophy is fine. This is where organizations win or lose, though. See, that has to come from ownership. Right. Because as long as the head coach and the GM are desperate to try to save their job, well, then what are they going to do? They're going to do what you just said. They're going to swing for the fences. They're going to try to go for the eight-run home run because that's the only thing they got to save their team. And the more prudent thing to do is just, look, the more prudent thing to do organizationally for the Bears or anybody, be patient. Let the draft come to you. Get yep. really good players because they need a quarterback. But as you said, Mac Jones, if Mac Jones or any quarterback in this draft turns out to be really, really good, they're still not good enough around him. They still need work at offensive tackle. They still need an outside corner. They still need receivers. So they've got to hit on those others, and I think they can. But you're less likely to do so if you do what you said. You reach. You give up picks to go up and get somebody that is 
Look, you got to get he's not Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, if, if there's a way to go get Trevor Lawrence, you go get Trevor Lawrence. But if, they, but if we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence, there's a real chance we're reaching here. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're going to give up, going to give up a bunch of picks and sell them. And this is what they were trying to do. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. If they can give up the form and make a run at Russell Wilson and get something like that done. Well, then that just says, oh boy, they're on their way. Or, you know, it, 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 it gives optimism, but the team's not good enough, but it gives optimism and it saves jobs. And that's where how you don't want to run an organization. Look, you want to hold people accountable, but you also want to put them in a position where they're in the best spot to make the most prudent decisions to build your team. You just have to be careful about it. Just set your draft board correctly. Allow it to come to you. They will get an outstanding player where they are and they may be in a position to move up a little bit or move down to maximize. But, look, I mean, there's some other options. They'll look at a quarterback that that won't be immediate fit, fixes. But you know what? Go ahead. They declined option on Bobby Massey, which, you know, I understand, and, and Leno. So got to really get – there's going to be great offensive line value there. Get you one there. There'll be, you know, an outside corner that'll be there. Get You know, go that direction. Uh, there may be the top three receivers maybe off the board. You may not want to go there, but it depends. What if one of them slips? There's going to be really good players there. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you said wishing not a strategy. I always heard the uh, Sammy I, and Neil, I always heard is, is, you know, hope is not a strategy. That's the one I lived with for 20 years. It's yeah. like, well, it's hope that hope's not a strategy. And that's the same thing. Wishing's not as it's not. You know, I think you've got to be careful with that. And you, you, you now, by the same token, you can't be the, you can't do what, well, we, we reached on Mitchell Trubisky. We're not going, we're going to be gun shot. No, no, no. If you like a quarterback, go up right. and that's fine. But, but I, I don't think you, I don't know that that's the case. And if you go get a Trey Lance, then you better be prepared to let Matt Nagy develop him for a few years because, and I'm just throwing that out of Mac Jones. Sure. It's a Mac because. You go, you go up and trade up for Mac Jones or Trey Lance or whomever, Justin Fields, whoever slips. And then you don't win enough games. What are you going to do? Fire Matt Nagy and get a new GM? They're going to come in and say, nah, we didn't have that great on Trey Lance, and it's not our problem. We're moving on from the amen. That's right. Thank you. That's, That's why, why those teams have a vision, have patience, but there's a lot of pressure to win and win immediately. Well, I'm gonna let you pick the next topic because I'm jumping after that. I mean, there's I'm not coming back over the air. Well, yeah, okay. I didn't do a good enough job. Other than I'm gonna tell you that. All right, starts at the quarterback. Look what Kansas City's done. Good leadership. So look, it's hopefully they'll draft well. Hopefully, you know they will will figure this out. The quarterback situation are still some options. But you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world to get good players. And then when you bring your quarterback in, whomever it is, you're you're running. Let, let, let me say this. Detroit's rebuilding. Um, you know, Minnesota's dealing with some changes. They've got to rebuild. Um, Green Bay's certainly the leader in the division. Um, look, I you know, it's it's not out of the question. They're not that far away from being a team that can at least make a playoff run. Heck, it's not difficult to do today. You know, Chris, you're really good at drafts and, and, and breaking down football and stuff, but you do, in the event that this career falls apart, not, you do, not, a, not a motivational speaker. You, you don't need to go into crisis intervention. It no, no. be your thing. I'm just telling you now. Probably not. Probably don't want me. They don't want me with the headset talking to people that are jumping. No, no, listen up. Hope, hope is, uh, hope is all around the corner. There's, there's, uh, we see, we see teams turn around all the time. You just got to do it. And uh, you yeah. just gotta, you just gotta be patient with it and you can't overreact. You just said it. You really put the answer in your question and that, I, uh, you know, you've got to get better And the whole thing. And this is a general theme that we can leave you with folks on the draft is, don't get locked into these names that you think you know these players and you, you the names sound familiar and it's the next best at the position that you feel your team has the most needs and go and get that. That's not how it works. Go get players that make your team better because needs are so fluid. You can have the best linebacking core in the league. 
one guy gets injured, one guy leaves for free agency in the year, and all of a sudden that's a that's a big need next year. So if you've got a chance to draft and what we call stack a position, do it if the board says it because it's good yep. players. And yep. then you know what? Now you got a good young linebacker, and now you go ahead and you can maybe spend some money at another position in free agency because you've got a good rookie linebacker that you would have paid more money to a veteran guy you've got a little bit more money in leeway so think bigger picture than just oh i can't believe my fill in the blank didn't draft a fill in the blank that that we're we're gonna we're gonna hammer that for about eight hours on my draft show to kind of go into maybe why some of these picks are made and why some of it makes sense or if it doesn't you know we'll say that too all right last question here then we'll, we'll make sure that people know how to, they can get to your draft content uh, Daniel Cotto wants to know, Chris, what about Pittsburgh? Obviously, with Ben Roethlisberger, he's not getting any younger. Will they be getting a quarterback in the second round? Well, I think they, they – now, this is a team that's got a lot of needs, too. They need a quarterback, and certainly at some point they need a running back. I, I Again, there you go. Uh, second round. What are you going to the second round? Well, who's there in the second round? I don't know. I don't know. It depends upon is a guy good enough to warrant taking in the second round on their board. So I don't know that that's the case. Um, you know, I would say that there's probably not going to be great value on the second round. No, I, I would say not unless Kyle Trask is there when they pick in the second round. I'm not taking Kellen Mon. I'm not somebody might, no, I wouldn't do it. You're leaving better players on the board. Uh, you absolutely need help at corner. I think you need help at center. Um, I think tackle and I think running back, I think there's better value. So I do not see second round and quarterback as a match. If the draft comes off a little bit differently and I see a quarterback that slips, perhaps. But no, Jones and Trask are off the board as long as the others. I'm not taking Davis Mills there. That's a little high for Jamie Newman. I can't do it. No, I'm leaving a better player on the board. I'd like them to get a Jamie Newman, quite frankly. But I, but I'd, uh, to me, no earlier than the third round. Davis Mills, no earlier than the third round. That's where I'm holding to my guns and I'm not reaching for a player. All right, so the draft coming up here pretty quick. How can people get your uh, your daily draft shows and, and tell them a little bit about that? Appreciate it. Again, uh, every day, uh, 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, we started yesterday, so every day this week. Uh, and, of course, we do it on on um, uh, uh, Wednesday mornings as well, the Scouts Eye Show, NFL Draft Edition. So we did the AFC East. We broke down the entire roster, the offseason, the needs, the potential targets in each round we're going to do the north today and then we're going to go through each division and wrap that up and and we're going to have that for you each and every day this week and each and every day next week on next thursday a week from this thursday is the nfl draft we're going to have the draft show we're going to take you through each of the picks that'll be different yeah you can comment chat you know as as things go pretty quickly you know, I'm going to be reacting to what's going on behind the scenes. So basically, it's going to be an unvarnished show that you're going to be able to kind of peek in on what I'm doing and texting, and I'll be mentioning certain things. But it'll be less, you know, I'll talk when I can. There are times where I may have to excuse myself, but it's going to be a different look. Instead of the old, you know, just the rehash stuff, it's going to be behind the scenes. Okay, this is what I'm hearing about this team and that team. This is who they like. They're hoping they're there. They're trying to move up. A little bit more of an unvarnished show. So make sure that you uh, check that out. That's going to be all three days of the draft, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't know about doing a solo show for about eight hours with no commercials, but, hey, you know, I've never been smart. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have a lot of fun with it as long as everybody understands it's going to be unvarnished, a lot of fun, take it as it goes. So I think people are going to like it, and I credit you guys in the chat room because it was one of you guys in the chat room, football one-on-one, who's a fantasy fan, and a, and a pro football fan suggested it, and I thought about it and said, let's do it. So check it out. It's uh, where you get this show. Uh, Landry Football Facebook, Landry Football Twitch, Landry Football YouTube is where you're going to be able to find that. And we'll be back on Friday with another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. We'll talk some spring football, a lot of spring games in the books. Uh, Ole Miss plays their spring game on Saturday. I'm sure there's some others that play Saturday as well. So we're uh, we're getting towards the end. I know Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, all Arkansas all had their spring games last week. So we'll talk about spring games, what uh, coaches look for in all of that, and uh, all of those topics and more. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you on Friday on SEC Football and Beyond. 
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.